in a world where a father finds his daughter using technology and the help of another detective to live a life you thought you knew. But you didn't, did you? No. Coming several months ago. Get ready for the summer phenomenon. Searching. On story. Board. <laughs> the most Jack Nicholson of all of them. <laughs> He's a Forbes, that's for He's sure. He's a Forbes, yeah, you can tell. Welcome, everyone, to another chapter of the Storyboard Podcast. They come in chapters now. Order the compendium. Hello, everyone. My name is Sam Forbes. I'm here with two, two of my greatest friends ever. Yeah. Oh. Uh, this is Brandon Thresher. Hello. And to my left here is not Max Forbes. Hi. Uh, Max is talking to us uh, via his phone in Seattle, Washington. What? Um, if you are not a patron um, or you have not seen our updates, uh, we have one of the rewards where we bring in uh, our patrons to watch a movie with us and do a podcast. Uh, this is one of those several uh, of those episodes, um, and this time our patron lives in Seattle. So what we did was we we had Max call in, um, and we set him up through our system. So we have a phone call version of this. So this is our first one doing this. Thank you so much, Max, for being here. Yeah, I'm uh, glad to go through the initial run. Yeah, it's also helpful that he's my brother. Yeah, yeah, we really appreciate <laughs> guinea pig Forbes, Max, yeah. Max Forbes, Max Forbes. Uh, <laughs> Um, I try to try to do what I can. <laughs> yeah. you're doing a lot, man. We appreciate you. So we uh, we'll probably just post like a picture or something um, on uh, or a little video clip on Patreon. Um, but we ended up actually having dinner with Max, even though he lives in Seattle. Uh, we each individually went to Chipotle and got food. And then uh, ate it. Now there was a hiccup. So originally we were like, oh, it yeah. would be cute if we. I hate you. <laughs> so I thought it would be really cool if we all went to Chipotle and then we filmed ourselves in a Chipotle with like doing like FaceTime yeah, or Skype. we want to get dinner together. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, to make it work. Max went home. <laughs> Max got the Chipotle in Seattle and then went to his home, which is what I thought we were doing too. And like for a couple times I was like, so Brandon, are we going to, are we going to. Like, we'll get to Chipotle and come back, because, like, and then in his brain the whole time, he's like, no, we got planes. Like, Max isn't, like, ready yet or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because um, I thought we were just going to, we just had to arrive at right, Chipotle. arrive at Chipotle. Brandon yeah. thought that we were both going to, yeah. Max was going to go to a public Chipotle, and we were going to be our public Chipotle, and then we were going to mess Is it. any Chipotle not public? Well, There's I have the a- private Chipotle. I bet you there is. <laughs> What? I think there might be. In the executive, like, suite, they have their private Chipotle? They might. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I liked Brandon's idea. Uh, thank you. I just think it's funny that Sam and I were both on the complete same page. Brothers. Of like, we're just going to, yeah, you take it home. You eat it. <laughs> we'll do it fun. We're not going to do that in a restaurant. I don't know. Yeah. Just to say, I also think it was a great idea, Brandon. Thank you. Thank it, you, guys. It was. I need this. Yeah. It was a really good idea. We just, we didn't think of it. We just totally were like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's all about production value with me. Yeah. Um Go ahead, sorry. But then it went, we ended up in the, in the car, right? You guys ended up in the car. Right. So, so then tried, what happened was... We tried to do it on your side. <laughs> we tried to frame it up, and we had to put Max so far away so that we could both fit in the frame to eat our food and be able to see, for him to be able to see us, uh, that um, we instead just went into the car because it was too loud in there. We couldn't hear anything he was saying. He couldn't hear us, really. 
So we finally just sat down in the car, did a little dashboard cam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked better. But the moral of the story is, what a cute thing that mm. we had dinner with Max. Um, so, yeah, how was your, how was your Chipotle, Max? Uh, pretty good. They had that, uh, that little special they were offering, so I got that. The, the chorizo? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Good. So good. Brandon uh, and Max got the same thing. Chorizo bros. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're we're brothers too. Okay, all right. We're meat brothers. So. Don't steal my meat brother. Meat <laughs> brother. Uh, so we had a, a lovely dinner with you, Max. Indeed. One of the questions we love to ask, and it's a little tougher because it was via a telephone. And we, yeah, and we didn't get to actually see the movie with you. We didn't get to see the movie with you. We had to see it separately. But were we were we perfect gentlemen? Uh, I thought you guys were. You were pretty accommodating. Actually, going to the restaurant and then leaving the restaurant and framing everything, and we had a good conversation. I appreciate uh, it. Things, things. Took things at a good speed. I thought. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if we if we asked you out again. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to ghost yeah, us, right? Based on the trajectory of the first one. Uh, we we might be able to do something again sometime. Nobody knows this involving FaceTime and and food. <laughs> Nobody really gets to see this but us. But every person that we've taken on a date so far has dropped us on Patreon, <laughs> just to ghost us. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> it's but it's funny. Um, sweet. Yes. So we got dinner and individually Max saw the movie in Seattle, obviously, and we saw it down here, but we all saw Searching, Mm -hmm. um, which is a Fox Searchlight picture. I have no idea. I don't think it is. Um, we saw the movie Searching. Uh, it's a new movie out and basically the main, uh, it's a, it's a thriller and kind of a a suspense mystery. Um, and the main mechanic of the movie, the, the, the thing about it, uh, is that the entire movie is told via... Uh, screens in some way, right? So whether that's like a, a, um, a desktop, like Max, like FaceTime application and the, the webcam on the computer, or whether that's like a phone FaceTime screen or whatever it is, um, video cameras they did. Um, and I think Brandon actually mentioned that technically everything was through a laptop, correct? It wasn't through, everything was through a computer, via computer. No, because there's phones too. Yeah, there's phones and there's also, uh, um, I mean, there's surveillance cameras, there's uh, news broadcasts. But I feel like every time they showed a surveillance camera or a news broadcast, they would then show that it was actually him watching it on his computer screen. Uh, No, because at one point he's he's in it. He's in the feed. Oh, you're right. But but he left it on on his computer, right? I believe so, but it doesn't really matter. It switches cams. Yeah, I'm ninety percent sure it switches cams. It's just screens in general, right? Uh, Just oh, because they have one of the security camera in the um, in the police station too. Right. Yeah. So you're right. Right. You're right. I just want to say we are going to talk about this movie, and there will be spoilers for the movie Surging. Uh, for those of you who are listening, we're mostly just going to get you through what this movie was about and some thoughts about it, and then we're going to get into our topic. Uh, I think they used like they have like a special screen capture technology they were using, right? They had to like develop software to do all that stuff. Did then, they? But it made me wonder if how much of it was like compositing and just like you know we'll put it together in post versus like actually having stuff happening on a computer screen and capturing yeah. that. I don't know. It's interesting because I know Camtasia is a program, for example, that does screen capture, but what they need is far more uh, like high definition right. for where they can use it. But. I was going to say that definitely seems like a right. branding question. Like, Do you think that they put a, a, like a film camera where a computer monitor would be, or do you think they filmed it on a computer monitor? I think they screen captured. Really? Okay, I think yeah. they screen captured everything. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, except for like... 
you know, security if cameras. You know, like blown up to the to a full theater screen and like played at crazy resolutions, though. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I think. That, that's what I think they did. That if they had to develop a, pro, a screen capture program, I would think that's why. But if you notice, a lot of the movies actually bad resolution because it's uh, and it's coming from things that you expect at bad resolution, so you're not worried about it, like a uh, computer camera and stuff like that. But right. so this movie. Uh, is essentially about a father whose 16-year-old daughter goes missing and uh, he tries to find her and it's about him. Uh, he basically like hacks into her laptop kind of and starts trying to figure out what happened to her and discovering more about his daughter as he searches through her life um, uh, on her laptop and with the help of a detective, they try and figure out what happened to this missing girl. Um, did she run away? Um, was she hurt? Was she taken? All that kind of thing. So anyway, so uh, so they they try and figure out uh, what happened to the daughter um, using uh, a storytelling. Uh, I'll call it a gimmick of only like the whole story is told through these screens, like Sam said. How'd you feel about the movie, Max? I don't know. I liked thrillers. So I mean, ultimately, I had fun, uh, and the the gimmick was interesting. And I guess there's other movies that do this, uh, like everything's through screens. Sort of thing. I don't know. It's kind of like becoming a genre in some ways. Uh, seems like. Can, um, can you think of any other movies to do it? Yeah, I think the producer on that film has produced other films that use that, I guess, gimmick. Um, it, it was called, though. It was, it was, the other one was playing off like a social media, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unfriended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's other movies like this. It's probably going to be more in the future. Uh, but since this is the first one I'd seen, uh, I did think it was interesting, like some of the ways that uh, the ways you connect to what's happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, like on, on one hand, there's this whole just the like experience of using a computer, uh, which doesn't really tie in the story necessarily, unless you maybe how it, they might change how they're using the computer or what they're doing on the computer. I don't know. Um, but, uh, even beyond that in ways that are more impactful, I think is like almost like what little you need almost to, uh, to feel a connection, even if it's just words that are being typed out on a screen mm, and like the patient yeah. of that. And there's definitely a few moments in searching where, uh, I was kind of like surprised by how much impact just like that last click of the keyboard. You're kind of like, Oh gosh. Yeah, because uh, there's definitely some emotional moments in that movie. Like it's not just like thrills, like suspense on the edge of your seat. I think there's a good emotional through line there. Yeah, yeah. You need to um, you need to care about the characters uh, for you to for you to worry about them, right? For there to be suspense, you have to like be caring about what happens to them. And I I think what they did a really good job of is they like understood storytelling well enough to go. This is what you need. Like, this is the information you need to care. And so they can zoom in on that and have that on a screen uh, to put it at the forefront. Um, it's very, like, minimalist storytelling. Yeah, I was going to say, going off of <clears throat> kind of all that, like, I really enjoyed the sound design on, like, just, like, the keyboard. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, but, like, how kind of the screens felt like uh, its own character, right? Like, the, prescri- the perspective and the way that the story was told through these monitors felt like this own its own voice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but even that being characterized right with like the sound design too of like yeah when they would like type something on their phones or whatever or on the keyboard you'd hear the clicking that you would think of right Mm -hmm. when you have your phone volume on and like whether or not he pressed it slowly or he would type something and then wait and then like type two things or like backspace a little bit like that all uh, they did a good job of like using that uh in the as a voice of the character uh, who was typing which was really really great um yeah they even do a cool thing with a with a pc that is like their older computer they're on max by the when we're at present time in the movie but they jump back to a windows machine to look for something from the past and even that is like a oh an old friend like mm-hmm. character almost sure and it, when you hear it power up the windows tone you're like yeah. oh yeah look at this again <laughs> um yeah that was all really cool and uh, going off of the uh the direction uh my current girlfriend janelle kester uh actually Her current girlfriend yes and hope for the future <laughs> as well you got no problem man i got your back <laughs> um uh she went to prom with the director of the movie a niche a niche um, he asked her to prom in a very extravagant way, mm-hmm. which I actually think her telling the story of how he asked her to prom was like, oh yeah, he could direct a movie like this where he has to plan out all these crazy steps, right. exactly. uh, which is funny. Um, but yeah, they went to prom together. So that's pretty crazy. And he did a great job. He did. He did do a great job. Um, if we had made this movie, I'd have been proud. That's yeah. one of the things I keep saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I super, super agree. And I will say the biggest thing that stood out to me. Um, cause I do, I do have some issues and again, I know we'll get into yeah. with, uh, with the whole screen concept. Um, but I, I feel very, I, you can tell so strongly that they very much thought about how they were going to use these screens in each moment, like what they were going to like say, how they, uh, how they were going to, again, tell the story from bit to bit from transition to transition and how they would make sense on like going to this screen to this screen, what you could see in the frame, like all that stuff was so, so very clearly planned out. Um, and how they gave you information and the way they like zoomed in. Brandon mentioned they like zoomed in on text and stuff like that. Like all of that was so clearly planned out um, and and ultimately like very well executed. Of like, cool. I I really enjoy that they took the time to really plan stuff out because no one likes like plot holes and like weird stuff where it feels like they didn't really spend enough time in this moment. I would I would never ever accuse this movie of like you didn't spend enough time thinking about this. Right. I really think they did, which was great. Uh, well, one kind of keen off of what you were talking about, I think that. The la- kind of like the language of using the screen in that way. Uh, there's even like, the, it was like when they weren't doing anything too, I think for sure. It was like the pacing of it felt like someone using a computer. And then, so when there were these pauses, uh, it felt like there was some, the person using the computer or the audience or whatever was kind of like supposed to be processing something or maybe thinking about something. I thought mm-hmm. that was also interesting and like, Cause may uh, contributed to some of those impactful moments where it's like something shows up on the screen, um, or they're using it in a certain way, and then like hey, I don't know, it's a suspense movie, right? So like using a computer might seem boring, but there's totally these moments where you're kind of like, oh, what? Yeah, yeah, pacing becomes really important, and they did a great job with it. I was going to say, yeah, and like from a sort of an acting perspective, but just in general, from a director's perspective, the fact that it did feel character motivated, exactly what you're saying of like there were these times where they were like taking their time to like type stuff. Both was um, a, a, a way that they needed to pause to show and convey information of how long it stayed on screen or stuff like that to give the audience time. But it was all super character motivated. I, I super agree with you. And that ultimately is like very, very good directing to make sure that the way you're telling your story is character motivated and not just some gimmick to tell your story or something you need to do to do it that way. 
So that's kudos to a niche. For sure. Yeah. Uh, which brings us to our question, right? Uh, what we what we ended up talking about with this is that, like, this movie is very heavy on its gimmick. Um, uh, it Using this gimmick of only using screens um, is... Uh, I mean, that's a huge commitment uh, for this movie. And so using the concept of whether or not to use... Um, whether or not it's a tool or a, I keep calling it a gimmick and I feel like that, that definitely has negative it connotations. Does, uh, I mean, a mechanic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I, we, can, we can call but it But that's a ultimately, yeah. let's call it a mechanic because what I want to okay. say is it, uh, is it worth, uh, uh, is it a tool or a gimmick? Right. Um, okay, that's and, fair. Yeah. Uh, and should you use such a thing? <laughs> uh, am I asking that question well? Do you want to restate? Uh, sure. I mean, I, I, I do think it's interesting. The concept of is it a tool or a gimmick is tough. Because I think um, any mechanic or anything could could lean in a certain way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think it's more of kind kind of going into successful or not. I think when a tool is used unsuccessfully, people start to call it a gimmick because it has this negative connotation, right? So what's the question? Where what is our question for today's show? I think it's uh, I think it's in a uh, a specific sense. uh, Was the use of this tool of all screens uh, successful and the right choice for this movie? For screen uh, for um, uh, searching, but then broader than that, uh, using something so uh, fulfill uh, so encompassing as to your whole movie being shown through screens, can that be effective, or is it just worse storytelling? And I think uh, you're kind of getting something I was thinking about while you guys were talking. It's like uh, Brandon, you were saying uh, tool gimmick, like mechanic. These these terms, uh, and I don't feel like any of those terms. Uh, Speak to like a, I guess. Sorry, I'm kind of approaching this from multiple angles in my head right now. Uh, so like, they use that big mechanic um, for the whole movie, uh, and I feel like a lot of these screen type movies uh, that we mentioned earlier do. Uh, I don't know. I guess, um, but it seems like when that is used, it's, it's it is all encompassing. Uh, like Sam was just saying. Um, and I wonder if that's kind of a part of this discussion, too. It's like, okay, a tool and a mechanic is something you use where it's appropriate. A uh, gimmick is something you might use to grab attention or prop something up. Um, and then I was going to mention earlier, like, is, is it like a genre thing? And a genre, I think, does start to speak to uh, an all-encompassing part of a film. I pulled up the definition of gimmick. I think it'll be helpful. Uh, it says that as a noun, a trick or device intended to attract attention, publicity, or business. So I will say, based on that definition, yeah, 100% sure. it's a gimmick. So then I think you're right. Your original telling of the question was great, Brandon. Was this gimmick successful in telling the story's message? Or or did the gimmick kind of fail? And I'm I'm going to reference just because uh, because I want to be careful about uh, talking trash or anything like that. If we're talking negative connotations. Uh, Christopher Nolan, who is one of my favorite directors... Uh, made a movie called Memento, which is a hundred percent gimmick, right? Like it's very much uh, similarly done, where uh, by using the, uh, the tool in a creative way to tell this story, um, you're getting more attention than you would have for the story on its own. Um, I spent most of my storytelling time trying to find interesting, different ways to tell a story. So um, I don't think there's anything ultimately wrong with gimmick, as long as uh, it's the right tool for the job. 
that's my that's my feeling on how gimmick is used. Then, like, um, what are those jobs that gimmicks are good at? Like, where's the where does it sit in the toolbox? Exactly. Uh, thinking of thinking of this movie, what's cool about it is um, if you think about like. Uh, teenagers are so invested in technology. The only way the father can find out more about his daughter is by digging into her tech. Like the fact that he has to like dig into the technology that she lives her life on. Um, and that's how he finds out more about her. I will say again, spoiler uh, for this movie. It's really interesting because like even within that there's so little, cause she's actually really detached from most uh, technology other than, uh, one side in particular seems like everything else like she's really not really uh, not yeah, super had, like, involved no in no posts and so many things right. like so many dead ends when they looked at like all the things that you would think that she'd be on right yeah. which is maybe like a cool twist but like either way like that's from that standpoint it makes it really interesting that he's using the computer that the computer knows more about her than the father and so looking at it from the lens of the like it almost feels like you're looking at it from the computer's point of view yeah, and and again, I think that the movie did a good job of hitting that home. Uh, to me, that theme was very clear, and obviously on purpose. Um, so that was really cool to see. Um, yeah, I, I I think jumping into kind of what we're saying and to kind of share my opinion on it a little bit is I think that 100% based on this definition, it is a gimmick, and where I think maybe the movie fell short a little bit is that the gimmick turned into the genre of the movie, right? right. And I think that might be partly some of the issue because again to say good things i do think they did a great job planning it all out right but when the whole movie becomes that i think there were moments that i kind of wish i had seen not through the screen right Right. or moments like just a few that went cool i understand why this is being shown to me this way because i understand obviously the way they're filming this movie um and they did it they justified why i'm seeing it this way right right i think of one moment where he's like kind of viewing his brother and he doesn't want his brother to see he sets up these security cameras so that way he can uh talk to his brother and record it and he has a good reason it's well motivated right yeah. it is well motivated absolutely but would that scene have been better and would i have been able to attach more to him having this it was a big moment in the movie mm-hmm. um would I have been able to attach more to these characters and feel more of the gravity of this moment if they had filmed it in a more traditional style or been able to get closer to these characters' eyes and, like, for me to really see, again, connect to the, to the actor on screen? Right. Uh, using that one as an example, um, in that scene, John Cho's character the, as the father feels like he's so desperate, right? Um, he should be, like, at bottom because he, while what, was, what he thought was happening wasn't, which would have been terrible... It also means that he's back to having no idea what happened, and he's just so desperate to know what's happening. Um, and he's also finding out, like, how disconnected he was from his daughter. All these sad, difficult things, but he's, like, reclined on a couch and oh, far away from the camera. So it looks like he's just having, like, a nap while you're while he's having this intense conversation. It's, <laughs> like, that's, that's a harsh way to say it, but, like, it's just, it kind of feels, uh, you feel way more detached um, and that's, I think they did for a lot of that scene, they did some really good placement of cameras and figuring out like blocking so that like the brother is in the forefront. Like you get to see him well, um, for that stuff. But would that have been jarring at all? Like, let's say we took the whole movie, right? Just the way it is. And in, for that scene, uh, we popped out of how he's been presenting everything the whole way through. Um, would that have been jarring or would, would that have still... Would you have been able to do the effective thing you guys 
thought you might have missed out on? Or is that something you would have had to like set up? Um, is there like what what's the right amount of using something like this? That's a great question. Um, do you, I mean do you have thoughts on on that? Um, I definitely I think, do, but I would love to hear yours. I think it's like a climax climax kind of part of the or sorry more in a conclusion sense. Right. We're like, okay, this is kind of done. Here's the ending. I feel like that at least that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's like, For oh, sure. I, I could see that being palatable. And this is a relief. Um, I hope, by the way, 100% agree. Sorry. Going directly into that like intense moment and then just having it be like a, it would feel more like a snap. And I don't, I don't feel like I'd be disoriented, but. I, right, like you understand where he's going and what he's going to do, um, but you, I feel like you couldn't go back after that. Would that be weird to go back and stay there for the rest of the movie after doing that one scene? It would feel a little disjointed, maybe. I don't know. Sure, I think I think the issue is with anything with any tool, you need to give the audience r- rules that they feel like they can follow and understand when you're breaking it, so that they don't feel disoriented or they don't question like, oh, did we stop doing that now? Because even if you're not, right. even if you all you do for a moment is go, oh, is this not happening anymore? The audience is being disoriented. I will also say, though, as a small side tangent, the fact that you spend the entire movie going, oh, now we're doing this. This is how we're like seeing it. This is how they figured out how to do monitors is ultimately takes you out of the movie, too. So I don't know right. if the gimmick is super successful in, in that way that I'm like, oh, this is how this one is a screen, or oh, this is how they're going to make this one continue, because he's no longer at the laptop. He's going to his brother's house, and he's setting up surveillance cameras. That's how right. they're going to keep and it like, going. And, like, you guys, I think, correctly stated, like, it was well-motivated, and, like, you're kind of with him in the sense of, like, I mean, if that's, you know, what's going on, the way, especially the way they set up going into that moment, right. you weren't exactly sure what, the, what his brother was up, up to. Um and this guy's already been going through a lot. So I, I agree he was well-motivated. But at the same time, kind of to your point, I was almost judging that moment of like, oh, okay, this is how they were going to get around it. Right. Because like, they still got to do the, the, the gimmick, right? Right. They still got to do that. So how are they going to do it? Yeah, that, that definitely happened, I think. Exactly. And it. So if you have rules, right, then the audience goes, oh, cool. So I get that when something like this happens, we pop out. Even... Um, musicals, despite what some people think of them, Sam, um, when the emotion gets so high, go ahead. I don't like them. <laughs> when the emotion gets so high, I'll use martial arts uh, as an example. I like them. <laughs> when the emotion gets too high, they break out into song or they break out into fighting, right? Um, well, that's a cool idea to break out into fighting. Right. You want to do that right now? <laughs> you just like sat up like you're going to fight me. <laughs> oh, no. Sam's podcast jutsu. Uh, so, um, so anyway, so if you, if, if something like that, like you don't go, oh, it's weird that they're singing because you, you get it. Like it's a rule that's like repeated and that sort of thing. So if the movie only did it at that one moment, then it wouldn't make sense. But if it popped in and out of it at sometimes, if 70, let's even say 85% of that movie was on screens, would it have lost, uh, it's, um, it's appeal. Would it have felt like cop out? Like maybe like to me, maybe it feels more like, oh, well, we don't want people to think we chickened out of doing all screens because we couldn't right. find a way to do it. I ultimately my personal preference um, is what uh, Max had said. If the climax, if this whole time he's trying to connect to his daughter, 
Um, while I think it's really cool to have executed what they did, like I do think it was a strong ending. I think the strongest part of this movie, by the way, is the open. We should come back to that because yeah. the open of this movie was close to on par with Up for me. Let's, um, let's come back. Yeah. You're right. But anyway, so for the close, if we if we broke the gimmick to say like things have resolved, right? I think it's a natural conclusion for the audience to go, oh, good. We don't need to do this anymore. We're now good to go. Yeah. Um, we're, we're like back to real life, which is... Uh, I call it real life because we're used to eye of God perspective as opposed to eye of, uh, that's what it is. Eye of God, but with like a lowercase with a lower letter case, I. And then a capital G, obviously. Right, exactly. Yeah, I God. Um, yeah, no, no, I super agree with what you guys are saying. Um, and I think, again, just to respond really quickly to the like, did they, you feel like they fail or they cop out, right? I feel like the only reason this is even a part of the conversation is because they marketed us, they told us, that they did it all on screens. Right. But if they never did that, right, which is just a small marketing twist, that wouldn't even be in our heads. Right. So, like, the fact that they marketed it as such a heavy gimmick made us treat it like it's this heavy gimmick as opposed to look at this w- interesting way to tell this, uh, this story. They're using screens. Like, right. Even just that. Like, you're like, okay, they're going to use screens. How much? Right? You don't know. And, like, a good trailer will ch- probably show you just the screen stuff. Right. Um, but you, so you'll think, oh, it must be a lot, right? But then you go into movies with questions, questions that need answering <laughs> that you're excited to, to hear about. So, like, I think that's a small marketing thing that would have helped. And sure. then in which case, uh, if we deem it as just a marketing thing, then we talk about solely the merits of staying in screen the whole time and then being able to go out. And then we go, okay, cool, I I agree. It would have been stronger, I think, to pop out at the end and show exactly like you said. I love the idea that, like, now he's able to connect to his daughter and we see them actually connect not through a screen. Right. Would be great, yeah. I almost wish that it was reverse. It was, like, them near a screen. Sure. Right, like seeing seeing the same scene but just from the other perspective or something. Right. Uh, How easy is it for me to sit on my tower and say this? But like, there's like a there's like an iMac just like off to the side, like kind of crying. It's like just kind of there's like water around it. (laughs) I would have liked to have seen the computer, this this laptop that we were looking at for so much of the movie. Um, Yeah, Uh, I just uh, but but that's the thing is would would I have ever seen this movie uh, if that had not been the gimmick of it? This is ultimately not the kind of uh, movie that I that I watch like this kind of um, uh, drama thriller unless I hear good things about it or unless um, somebody recommends it to me. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's tough. Um, I understand why they marketed it the way they did, uh, but I also think again, just my quick take was like it's told through screens. Like right. again, you question how much, and the trailer probably only would have had screens. So like I still think that they probably would have gotten away with it. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, putting that word "all," everything is through screens, makes you go, "What everything?" Right. So, like, I get it. I totally understand. And again, like Max said earlier, there's like that producer guy that's trying to make this a genre or whatever. If they're more, really trying to yeah. make it a genre, then they probably do need to stay true to this thing. And then maybe they can break the rules later, right? If this is a forefront of this new genre, right. this new way of telling story, let's keep to the mechanic now. And once the audience understands it for a couple things, now we can break it and have fun. That's a great point because ultimately, like, they're breaking ground, right? So, like, sometimes uh, sometimes if you're uh, taking the hit on being groundbreaking or, like, uh, busting through boundaries or whatever, um, it affects precision. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I think they could have told a more precise story without like holding to the gimmick but they also like just did a movie they proved that it could be done entirely with screens yeah so that's and i mean I that think, is no small feat i do think they proved that yeah absolutely yeah 
I mean, for sure, I I think I enjoyed the journey of the movie more than the destination. I felt like it by the end, the payoff of the story wasn't there for me, but that doesn't mean the, the mechanics they used, the tools they used to tell that story uh, weren't effective and didn't kind of carry me through. I don't think it was uh, because of how they told the story that it didn't land for me by the end. That's hmm. super interesting. I felt the opposite. Um I felt during the journey I started to get kind of bored. Um, and it was both, um, and again, just a little bit, but it was both because um, I am not a huge fan of the genre and I'm not a huge fan of when all the information swells to this thing and then they hit a dead end and then just nothing. And then they hit this other thing that I'm like, yeah, this can make sense, and then just nothing, right? It's like a total way to tell that story and a way to like make the audience feel like what they're seeing matters at every moment, but then they also can't answer the question until the end. Right. Um, so that that mechanic I'm just... I don't. I'm not super invested in stuff like that. I feel cheated. Um, but then I also, again, I will say with the screens, I did again start to just get a little bit tuned out, and I felt like it was because of the gimmick. But I will say, I think they totally nailed the ending. I I feel completely opposite to you. I feel like if the ending did not hit as hard as it did, um, for me at least, that I right. would have written it off more. Um, and I yeah, I just I totally feel like they nailed it. Um, without going into again, I think the ending is a huge spoiler, so I I won't spoil that ending for you. But I really do think they nailed it. Um, and even through screens, like um, while I would have loved to see their connection more, I will say for having to stay true to their gimmick, right? They did it like a really good way. Great execution. Great of execution that. of the gimmick. Great understanding of storytelling and what what you need to get people to feel a payoff. I think. Um, uh, what's interesting is I spent a lot of the movie analyzing it hard, um, which to be fair, like that's another thing that like we analyze movies and, uh, oftentimes if you just watch it for enjoyment, it's a far better movie than analyzing. Right. So as I'm analyzing, I'm critiquing all these things. I'm like, this was horrible. Like this is bad. This is bad. And then in the end, um, ultimately most of that stuff, like I was like, Oh, no, you were just you were just giving breadcrumbs for, for your story to make sense, and all of it was actually really good. Yeah. I appreciated ninety nine percent of the stuff that I had like been critiquing in my head previously. Um, but here is another thing about the gimmick: like, if you ask me for this movie, or like, a, a, what to give this movie story wise, I like like the story, but it probably would have been like a five or a six. But because of the um, because of the the gimmick. And that sort of thing, uh, I think it lands more like a seven for me. I would probably give this movie a seven out of ten. Hmm. So, so the gimmick helped it. In, in response to your guys' uh, two comments there, um, I think that kind of speaks to why I feel the way I do, actually, which is interesting that we kind of came out feeling different ways. Because um, the dead ends you mentioned, Sam, some of them weren't. They were dead ends for him in that moment, but you they build this thread, and by the end you kind of go, oh, okay, I see how these things mattered. And the very end I felt like invalidated some of those things that could have been something. Uh, to, yeah. Um, and the reason I enjoyed the journey of it and getting to the end was, I think, maybe why Brandon said his rating went up. Uh because of how they told the story. So to me, that's the journey. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> so I am uh, slightly confused. You're saying that the end was a part of the journey for you? 
Or you're no, just... I guess, uh, can we do, like, spoilers? Yeah, or... go ahead. Go ahead. We're going <laughs> to... Yeah. Spoilers, spoilers. Uh, abound. So if you're still listening, then you might want to turn this off for three to five minutes. Yeah. You have spoilers three to five minutes to spoil. Be... Go ahead. Spoilers would be that uh, she was the cop and she was planting false evidence and and kind of leading him astray. Uh, versus things like him, uh, usually it was the things, and, and this maybe kind of makes some of those more interesting, usually it was the ones that he had kind of found in pursuit himself, I think, that actually paid off for him in his quest to understand what happened and figure this all out. Um, such as the chat the chat system his daughter was using, um, and, and the catfishing thing, like, there was something there, um, because that was the officer's son. Um, but all the ones that she kind of planted were total dead ends. Were, and I just felt like the that ending of like, oh, it was the cop. She was planting. She was leading him astray. He really shouldn't have even been that involved in the investigation, but she did it to kind of be able to control it. I don't know. It just felt totally original to me. So I, I got to the end, I'm like, kind of like, oh, okay, I guess that's what it was. I don't know. I just didn't think there was an interesting bit to her character and who she was, but yeah, it just invalidated some of the things that came before it. It felt like those should never have been a part of the journey. I don't know. Uh, I ultimately, I think I get what you're saying. I do disagree in that, like, I feel like there were a lot of bread bread crumbs that like led to that making sense. Uh, Like it made the things that seemed invalid, like, uh, or even things that seemed yeah, valid before, like, oh, now it makes sense. Yeah. Um, that was that was my personal take. Sure, yeah. That's I mean, point. obviously we're it allowed... It invalidate them. It Please. Recontextualizes them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Looking at things in a new light. Perspective shift is always, like, a cool thing in, in, like, going, like, oh, I had all the information before. I just needed perspective shift. And now suddenly everything's clearer and, like, that's the resolution. Yeah. That's good storytelling. It's good storytelling. It's also, like, the foundation of any mystery. Um, I feel like very often if if they don't have information that they then, like, see through a new lens, um, it's almost not a mystery. Now it's just, like, an adventure movie, right? Like, thinking about right. something like Indiana Jones is not a mystery even though he's, like, solving these, like, mysteries. He's not really solving them. He's going to get the each, right. each piece. It's a scavenger hunt. Right. It's more of a scavenger hunt, yeah, which makes it less of a mystery less of a, and more of just an adventure movie. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. It's fun when the when the truth is. I mean, that's a, I think a hallmark of a good mystery is the truth has uh, been in front of you the whole time. Yeah. And you feel like you should have known. Um, that way, Sherlock Holmes or whoever the detective are seems so much smarter because they figured it out before you did. I would say usually in movies I figure stuff out. I think it's interesting that in this one I feel like I should have. Um, but I think it's because I honestly think part of it is that I was being critical and not looking at it as like I was looking at them as mistakes, not as information. Right. Which, which is, on, on is what they want you to do in a way. Me. Sure. Um, so one of the things I, I wanted to talk about, um, again, making it a little bit more broad. Uh, and I know Brandon and I talked about this briefly, um, which I thought was interesting and I would like to share, was we talked about like, uh, would you make this movie and we Brandon said already that like if he had made this movie he would feel proud of it I feel the same way Um, but I think I was talking to him like uh, would you want to make this movie and you said no if you had to make the if you had to use the screens the entire time you said you wouldn't want to make the movie right 
interesting. And we, we, we've also talked about like, it's hard because there are factors that would like potentially like right. shift that. That's money, hard to say. Money. Right. Sure. Do you get to meet like awesome people? Right. Is Christopher Nolan your producer? Right. I love that you said money twice, I think, to money, catch up, but it was like you know, 100%. Money. You know, money. Uh, if, would you do it for money? Um, but what I was trying to say is I guess. Christopher Nolan, money. <laughs> um uh, I think for me, uh, the reason I said no is because what I would push very heavily for is I would, I don't think I would immediately say no. I would push for breaking the gimmick. And it's because, uh, to me, that would have been the powerful use of the gimmick is to break it at the end so that, um, the tool meant something. It wasn't just a tool that was being used the entire time. It was, um, it was used to pay off to pay off the story more emotionally. Would you direct a movie where the characters had to sing the whole time? Uh, the entire time? The entire time. Uh, here's the thing. If you ask me <laughs> just would I direct a story where they have to sing the entire time uh-huh. without context? Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would be leaning towards no, but like... Lame is. Let's see the script. Uh, right. They don't sing the entire they time. They don't sing the whole is. time? No, they definitely don't. All right. And there's uh, another good example is um, uh, what's it called? I mean, operas. Sure. I was trying to think of uh, like a Phantom of the Opera. Uh-huh. Phantom of the Opera has some speaking parts. Right. Um, uh, so it's not an opera. I've been told. Right. Correct. Yeah. But I'm saying it has some uh, uh, speaking parts. It surprised me the first time I saw it um, when they st- the parts where they start singing. I'm like, why? Why are they? Like it felt so unnatural for them to slip into it because it wasn't an emotional outpouring. But you had to learn the rules of that movie, and that's how that works, or whatever. If characters could only sing, uh, there's a an episode of Scrubs, a musical episode of Scrubs that stands out in my brain for some reason, where this lady has some mind thing that makes her only see people singing, and I don't remember if there's talking in it. But like, if there's a good justification, and I can pay it off somehow, if your question, then I would say, can I? break that rule under any circumstance right. is there no. any possible circumstance they have to sing the they entire time they have to time? sing the entire time then i i would probably lean more towards no right. because uh, it's hard because re- restriction breeds creativity i think somebody said that was like jim carrey said that yeah um, uh, yeah but uh, i don't know who it was but that's been around for again for forever yeah. sure yeah. but my point is uh, that's ultimately what we what we love about our storyboard show right like we start with this box that we have to sit in because that gives you more information than a blank page. And then even though you're stuck within some kind of bounds, um, it gives you a launching off point, And that's great. So being told that your gimmick is that you can only use screens uh, or you can only use people singing, I think is still a fun launching off point. I think what happens is when you create the story by the end, you look at what you have and you find the best way to tell the story you're now telling. And if that requires breaking the gimmick of only singing, uh, I would fight very hard to uh, to have that broken. Yeah. There is also such a thing as producer's cuts, right? Like where they're like, cool, we're just going to end with the footage you got here. Sure. You, you know, someone else is paying for the movie, and at some point that's what's hard about, about those situations. Uh, I would have – how cool – I mean, I doubt we could have, but how cool would it have been to have a niche – um, be the fourth on this podcast. That would be amazing. Janelle, where are you? Hook it up. Hook it up, girl. Come on. Come on, Sam's current girlfriend. <laughs> and hope for the future. Um, I, I was going to say, I think what you're saying is super valid, and I'm kind of obviously leaning the same way. Again, without money or Christopher Nolan being the factors, um, 
And I think what you're touching on for me is uh, where is the box, right? With Storyboard, it's the box at the beginning, which is a launching off point. Correct. But then we get to tell the story the best way we can with these things, as opposed to someone saying, tell a story about a father and a daughter, but it has to end like this. And you're right. like, what? Well, what if when I discover the story, like, it's this, like, especially the ending, like, feels like such a huge constraint. Sure. Um, of like shaping the way that you would tell the story. So I think the constraint being at the beginning as opposed to like an ending thing feels different. Here's another argument though. If you were to reverse engineer the ending that you're stuck with, true. How do you tell that story best so that it makes sense that you never leave the screen? You're right. Uh, like you said earlier, I think they did a great job of never leaving screens. Like it was a good ending for never leaving screens. But if I felt like we could have and wanted to, then yeah. maybe it wasn't perfect. I mean, maybe that, there wasn't another way to do it. I don't know what it was. No, sure. I mean, that's interesting because then, yeah, well, because my brain just jumped to like, what if it was like a like a Tron movie, like a new Tron movie where the characters outside of the Tron and outside of screens in some way, like a video game screen, are like uh, desperate and for love and like don't have anything, but in the in the Tron screen, they like are able to like find each other and be in love or whatever. Um, so like then, I don't know, maybe they get back out of Tron and then things are bad again or they decide, oh no, I would love, I would love to stay in Tron. And then they go back in Tron and we end on the screen of the Tron. Have you seen Tron? I know that Tron does not take, I know that Tron is not shown through screens, but I mean, it's a video game, right? They get sucked into the Sure, but you also just talked about jumping in and out of the computer. Yes, yes, right. So to me, I couldn't stay on screens. Right. But that's exactly what I'm saying is, yeah, you're right. If you do reverse engineer it from... Uh, from the back end, you can still tell the story and end the right way and reverse engineer it that way. I'm agreeing with you. So then I guess what we're coming to is it's not the beginning or the end. It's when someone says everything has to be this. It's these absolutes that are probably the issue then. I think I think it depends on the situation. I yeah. think any absolute is... Uh, any absolute is, is bad. Absolute, absolute uh, is bad. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> truly, like, uh, leaving no room for any other thoughts or creativity... Like, uh, that is hard lines as opposed to, um, guidelines, guidelines. Boom. Yeah, sure. Love it. Um, so like guidelines are great. Uh, hard lines, uh, can be, uh, a great way to come up with ideas and launching point, but makes it very difficult, uh, sometimes to, to finish things. And I don't think there's a- every circumstance. It would have been a problem. I think this circumstance to me it was because I so badly wanted to leave those screens because I felt a loss of connection. You know, I felt an absence that uh, w- when we talked about the beginning before, I feel like the beginning did a great job of, of setting something up. But it only all it had to do was make you feel certain things and give you enough exposition to be able to jump into the story. It didn't have to carry the whole story. And I thought it excelled. It was so good. It was really good. Um, they did this thing where they, they kind of went through the stor- their story um, from the time the, the little girl was very little and with the mother and the father and kind of showed what their life was like through uh, memories on the computer screen, first day of school pictures, stuff like that. Um, really super well done uh, uh, montage of, of things. Um, Let's start with uh, them creating their, like, first accounts or whatever yeah so for the, it's almost like um, the life of the computer too in a way i don't know yeah yeah it was like when the when the windows computer was new which is the old friend we were talking about earlier right yeah i mean all that stuff is all that stuff is great but again it 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 only has to carry so much it only has to carry so much weight if you think about up which is something i 
praise all the time uh, at the beginning of Up uh, called The Robot Test, um, which I believe I technically stole from Nathan Fillion. Um, but uh, the reason that is so powerful um, is that it, I mean, it would be a really sad story if that's where it ended. If it just ended with like that montage, like I don't know that I would love it as a short film. It would be heartbreaking, but it didn't finish what it set out to do. So anyways, uh, so I think that's that's the thing is I felt and I felt a missing connection that you could only get through these other shots. I don't know that that the screens were able to give me that depth, though they came very close. Yeah, I do think it's an interesting conversation about what you were saying of like, well, you guys were kind of talking about how do you end up with this gimmick? What are the rules versus uh versus guidelines kind of thing, right? Um, and I don't know if they had a rule or if it was, well, let's see if we can do it all the way in, like a personal challenge thing. Like, sure, we could do this moment. I can, I kind of agree with you, Brandon, that that, that probably would have worked pretty nicely. It lines up with them kind of connecting and, oh, and it makes the whole thing more intentional, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, cause then you don't wonder, oh, was there a rule that they had to do it all on screen? Right. Like, no, it was for this moment. Um, sure, it was a marketing gimmick, but there's also this real reason where we get to come out of the screen and, like, open everything up. and uh, To make that scene really matter, that moment matter. Yeah. Right. I yeah. 100% find I, myself wondering whether or not the producers required every bit of it to be on the screen. I mean, my guess is yes, but that's off of Max's research. Do you, do you think it's possible, too, that, like, oh, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, the people who worked on this movie were like, oh, yeah, we could come out of the screen at the end, and that would be intentional and it would work. But let's see if we can do it without. Like, it's not even like we had a rule. We did have a guideline. But let's let's see what we can do kind of thing. I, right. It's like a challenge for sure. the artist. I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, ultimately, obviously, we don't know. Uh, again, my guess is that they probably never even brainstormed what it would look like without the screens because my guess is that they went in knowing that that's just the way it would be. Um the director, Anish, uh, was also a writer with uh, his friend that Janelle also, I think, knows or knows of. Um, so it's interesting that they I wrote I wish it. Janelle would stop name-dropping in this right? podcast. Um, um, Dan's name-dropping Janelle. I am. I am. Um, I mean, she's my girlfriend. Currently. Uh, for now. <laughs> and I hope for the future. Um yeah, uh, so it's interesting that they wrote it together, which makes me think, oh, like, did they just write this and then submit it places and try to get it picked up? Mm. Or did they already know this producer and the producer said, hey, write this type of movie? You know what I mean? We don't ultimately know. But my my guess is that either they or the producer or some combo of the two never even really thought about what it would look like without it. I think they just did it and went and came up with a good way. And I think once you come up with that good way, it's probably really hard to, like, check yourself again, right? Because right. I really do That's think they, they yeah. ended well. Yeah. Um, and, like, I can totally imagine putting that to page and being like, oh, I did it. Like, this is great. And then showing to people, they're like, yes, this is such a good ending, right? Like, at what point do you stop yourself and go, wow, this is a 9 out of, like, this is a 9 out of 10 ending. And, like, to really, to even just that, even to just stop yourself and say, this is a 9 out of 10 ending, when, when what it feels like is a 10 out of 10 ending is really hard. So my guess is they didn't even check. Um, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I think um, 
because uh, I can see a situation even where you're just like, how cool is this? We can do this entire thing on screen. And maybe, uh, maybe, and ultimately, they may feel completely differently than, and other people may even feel very differently than, than I do slash we do. Um, but, like, how cool is it that we could do this entire thing on screens, even the ending, and then the ending is this, and they're like, it's perfect. Right. Um, and it just didn't hit emotionally for me. You sure, know, sure. Um, it's very possible that they knew what idea they had. They loved it. And then they continued to love it and still think it's the best way but to finish it, the movie. It did hit emotionally for you, right? Or no? Uh, it, the ending hit emotionally for me. Okay. But like I said, I, I was left too. wanting. Right, right. The entire time I wanted to break out of the screens. Right, right. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, the question One I was going to. Oh, please. Oh, sorry. One thing in response to that that I was uh, just thinking about is like. Uh, I felt like there was a decent amount of, like, parody or, like, uh, kind of parallels between the beginning and the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. And does that get trickier when your beginning is on screens and your ending isn't? Uh, so, like, there's that, like, message that he sends at the end that he couldn't quite send at the beginning. And mom and, would like, be too, yeah. That was great. That was great parody and, like, really kind of connects the beginning of the movie to the ending in a way that I think... Uh, I've seen a lot of movies do, and it's, I think, kind of like a good practice when you're writing. I don't yes, know. yes. Um, it's a bookmark. That was the moment that hit the hardest for me. Or a bookend, sorry, bookmark. Bookend, right. yeah. So Sam just said that was the moment that hit the hardest. I think there's a, a cool moment there where you do pull out. Maybe that comes after this message is sent. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, just things like that. Like, how do you create those parallel moments when – most of your movies on the screen is 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 the impact of pulling out of the screen at the end there. Sure. What what do you uh, think would happen? Yeah. How do you guys feel about what if he had said that to her, to her face? Sure, it might have been. Wouldn't that moment have right. been powerful if like he w- went to say something to her and then decided to say, um, "I'm I'm really proud of you," and right. then we see him hesitate for a second, and then he says, "Your mom would have been too." Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is probably yes. I would need to see it, but my brain immediately goes to, well, it's not the cleanest bookend. Like, it is, but it isn't, but I really liked that it was the same way. Like, I'd be like, it's the same thing, but, like, is it the same thing? So this is a perfect example. That's probably what I would have done, right? assuming that that other piece was in there. I'm huge. Like, I think bookends are really important, especially in feature films because they're so long. Like, tying us, reminding us where we came from. Um, That probably is something I, like, I feel a strong possibility of doing that, like, you may not have clicked, sure, and that's exactly like I'm not clicking necessarily perfectly with right. this ending. But I think yeah. I wouldn't have clicked because my brain would have been like, "Well, it's not the exact same bookend." Mike, I would have been the judgy, stupid, critical part that we're talking about. Where like I'd have been like, "Well, the writing. I mean, they could have probably done a cleaner in some other way, or something. Or maybe he texts it to her, and then she's like right next to him, or something like that. And then we get to see her react, or I don't know what it is. Or or she receives the text, and then we see her eyes. You know what I mean? So we still right. get to connect to her. I don't know some version of it. But I like. Oh yeah, seeing her response to how she felt about that would have been a pretty cool right thing. Um, even though yeah. supposedly it's his story, but that's a conversation for another day. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you something as we're as we're starting to wrap up. Max um, is applying this kind of concept of the gimmick to to you. Uh, for those that don't know, again, Max Forbes is my brother, as we talked about earlier. Um, and he moved to Seattle because he is a game designer. So he uh, works for EA Games up in Seattle, which is so cool. So proud of him. And mom would be too. 
Um, Would be? Did something happen to your mom, Sam? <laughs> um, and so basically I wanted to she, ask. She would be if I didn't leave. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She never forgave you. <laughs> uh, I wanted yeah. to ask uh, if you, again, ignoring money and Christopher Nolan, if someone asked you to make a game um, purely for your own like creative enjoyment, and they said you have to make a game, but your character, like whatever your character, you can they can only jump. They can only ever jump. It's a whole game where they, all they do is jump. Like, would you want to make that game, or would you be like, no, I'm gonna go look for some other project? Uh, I think so. I'd still be. I don't think I'd need. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it would be about how can we use jump in a different way or things like that still, I think. Right. That's an interesting one because that's also, uh, you know, a, a whole genre kind of in and of itself. is like platformer. Sure. Right. Um, Super Mario so Run. You're like, hey, there's this gimmick mechanic and we want you to make the whole game about that. What if we called it an, right? what if we called it an RPG? It's an RPG game, but all they can do is jump. Right, you get into your like turn-based battler, and you have to jump buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Maybe not that one. I'm just yeah. If that's our hypothetical, right? Um, <laughs> but then again, you know, Mario also made that. Right. <laughs> they did, but then they didn't jump anymore. Right? They added more mechanics. Yeah. yeah. They had some other things going on for sure. Um, Is there other stuff going on? There's a Super Mario RPG that I actually really liked. I can't remember what it's called. Yes. Um, uh, I really like it, though. Tongue, but it, I think it yeah. has bros in yeah, it. Great. I think bros it, is in the title. Bros? Yeah, they're, they're both in there. Oh, I get it. It's like Didn't Super Bros RPG or something. You you want things that are like simple and players can understand, but you want it to be uh, also have depth, right? Right, right. Um, and I think they, to, you know, going back now to the movie, I think they used their gimmick with depth. Um, that whole, you know, up opening uh, did a lot of that, and like some of the things I was saying at the beginning was like I was kind of surprised by that moment where like it hit me hard, but it was just that last letter, or uh, you were kind of you felt the suspense or the tension in those empty spaces where like not a whole lot was happening on the screen, but it, that's right. when you knew he was thinking about something. Um, yeah, so I think depth is important when you're when you're talking about stuff like that. I could probably even in film, right? Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, I think um, yeah. if you were making this game, right, and I, I think the RPG part is really important, right? That you're like telling this whole story. It's like this long, like Final Fantasy esque game, and you want the con- the combat, just like in like a, a kung fu movie or any martial arts movie. I like them. I like them. Uh, you want the combat to like like swell to this like large point where it's the story is shown through the combat and the mechanics of the game and that you've like spent so much time with your character crafting them. Like that's all a part of connecting to your character and connecting to this game. So when you get to the final boss battle, like you're executing on so many hours of playing this game on so many skill points and things that you've like thought about and put into your character. And if the mechanic was just so simple as jump and you like get to the final boss fight and you just jump on his head. You, I mean, you are still can describing I, Mario. Can I have no, I'm not Mario? describing the Mario RPG though, and I don't. And the, sure. I think the RPG is a really important element, right? The platformer is not meant to go as deep, right? So if the whole point of this is like, cool, the gimmick can work. Mario has proved it, and Searching has proved it, but it's never going to be as deep a game 
as something like a Final Fantasy-esque game. Sure, but it can still be very successful it can still be and very enjoyed successful. Right. Um, on levels. Mario yeah. is more successful than Final Fantasy, even though they're both huge franchises. I guess what you're saying is the issue is that we're just amazing artists. <laughs> There's a whole lot of timing, and I think even Mario finds ways to make that interesting. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it can be simple to grok and understand um but to do your boss battle that final fight might have used every different way you've ever jumped that whole game right um or if you want like rpg depth there might be different modifiers you can put on your jump or like depending on the timing of your jump it's going to function a little differently or how it affects whatever you're jumping on it affects it differently you jump and and you leave a bomb behind you or you jump and you're on fire when you jump or whatever it is right um or like you can bounce more, so now you can sure. do combo jumps better. Um, Dude, uh, I want you to make this game. <laughs> bounce and jump, and that's a different thing. Um, so the director comes in and says, "I didn't say bouncing was allowed." I mean, uh, <laughs> <right>. sure. <laughs> I was having whoa, whoa. that thought the whole time. Whoa, regular I, jumps, no wall jumps. Kind of going back to like, I wonder if they chose to try and do it all on screen, not as a mandate, but as like almost a challenge. As the as the create, there's like the creative kind of wanted to do that as a challenge. It's like, if I was told, hey, you got to use this mechanic to make a game, I'd be interested. Even even if I didn't have a lot of faith in it, I'd be kind of interested to see, like, well, how can we make this fun? Is there something there that I'm not seeing? And I think with games, there's a whole lot of iteration. So, like, you put something in, and it may not be fun yet, and you got to work through it and find out what works and what doesn't. Mm. Uh, and it sounds like you guys have a similar process of, like, uh, you know, figuring out the story, like you you were saying, you might be working on a project, but still finding the story. Yeah, you got to explore um, it, right? Right, and the same thing happens in games and like trying to find the fun. So I don't, I think that would intrigue me, even if I didn't necessarily have a faith in it initially. To answer your question, I think I just thought of a really interesting example: is um, our May storyboard the show, not the podcast, uh, with Alex Foster. The original idea that we started talking about was actually shooting this road trip movie completely on an iPhone. That was the original plan. And then I started saying, well, maybe like some on iPhone and some not because I wanted like these other moments. And then by the end, I think we got to it was like 75, 25 on the iPhone to not on the iPhone. And then by the time it was like, well, 25, 75, like on iPhone and then the rest like these like real shots. Um, and then we went, why are we shooting 25% of this film on iPhone? <laughs> so I kept going away from it. Not, and I don't think it's because we lacked the creativity for the gimmick. It's that my my taste uh, for the storytelling kept going to... You uh, hit a wall of, I can only go this far. Right. And I think that's true. And I think if someone put a really awesome jump RPG in front of you and asked you to make the next Final Fantasy, whatever number it is on now, like 16 or 17, what would you choose, Max? Uh, I don't know. Don't. How dare you? Final Fantasy or jump game? Yeah. Jump <laughs> RPG. <laughs> jump RPG. And you right. can't the go insane. You better be jumping. It better be very clearly jumping. Know. People know what Final Fantasy is. Okay. That, that's RPG. not the point. The point was a depth <laughs> RPG. Anyway, 
Yes, I do As think you're again. Me it's doomed to fail. That's part of the hypothetical. Yeah, I. <laughs> we have a podcast that we're starting to get into <laughs> called the Hypothetical Podcast, and part of me is like, "Oh, Max would be great at this." We could, <laughs> we go so in depth. And the other part of me is like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> He'll take it so literally. That's but great. that's not All true. Right. It's true. We. I think I more specific in that one. So, anyway, cool. I think this has been a fun chat. Mm-hmm. Really I appreciate so you bearing with us on the phone call, Max, and the audience as oh, well. Yeah. Seemed to work fine, I think. Hopefully everything came in clearly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cool. We just uh, missed your face. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we did it just briefly. But just, just to say, if any viewers out there are listening and are interested in seeing Searching, can we do a, a quick, uh, what is it, look up, uh, look straight, or look down? Is that what we said? I forget. I think it was that. Come on, do your research. <laughs> on one of the episodes, we, we came up with a DLD rating system, and it was, are we looking up, which is good? Do we look straight ahead, or do we look down, which is not good? So what, what, <laughs> would, you, what would you give it? Would you give it a look up, a look forward, a look down? This movie searching. I think I'd give it a look up. I think I'd give it a look up. I enjoyed it. What about you, Brandon? I agree. I think I think look up. I think it's worth checking out and seeing uh, how creatively they use the gimmick. There's like a bunch of stuff that we didn't talk about that I'm thinking of specifically. Like that was such a cool way to do that. My only real beef <laughs> was the the highlighting text uh, every once in a while. Where like sure maybe somebody who's thinking does that, but I don't feel like anyone does that and drove me crazy a little bit. But I get it. They're trying to draw your focus. I do that. You do that? All right. Well, then, as long as one person does it, one it makes me feel better. It. Yeah. That's good enough for me. Just because I don't do it doesn't mean other people don't. Uh, but I say look up. Uh, I also look up. Please go support Janelle's uh, prom date. They go. won prom king and queen together. They were not dating. So I'm allowed to be like, oh, it's cool. Though I should be anyway. Um, but, yes, go support him. Uh, he's great. Uh, he's, yeah. I've heard them great talk. Work. Every once in a while, though, I have not personally chatted with Anish. He's too famous for me. He seems like a very lovely guy, super nice, super warm and friendly. So support him. He's clearly smart. The movie was well plotted out. I'm going to look up. On the off chance uh, that uh, you're listening, Anish, uh, come on the podcast sometime. Come over over and meet us. We would love to. Because here's the thing. I think you'll say yes if you've listened to this entire podcast (laughs) to get to this point. Yeah. If if you listen the whole time, then he's someone that would come. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Um, Also, we just love to talk to you. Love to learn from you. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you again, Max. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. So long. Farewell. This has been a Don't Look Down production. Join the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DLD Storyboard. Also, support us at patreon.com slash don't look down production.